Good evening. My name is Robin, and I'm one of the owners of the Wyndham House Cemetery. And I'm really excited to be giving this webinar this evening on the pitfalls of purchasing an overseas property. This is one in a series of webinars. And if you missed any of the earlier ones, please don't hesitate to speak to the person who introduced you to us this evening. And I'm sure they'll be delighted to give you a link where you can go through and look at them all. As I'm giving the webinar this evening, I'd be delighted to answer questions at the end. If you're not used to the software, if you look at your screen, there's a little orange arrow. If you click on the orange arrow, then a series of boxes will come up. One of these will be questions. Please don't wait to the end to ask your question. I'll be delighted to answer them at the end, but if you write it as you think it through the webinar, then they'll be there ready for me just as soon as I finish. So, owning an overseas property is incredibly enjoyable and profitable. But as with anything in life, there are some pitfalls. And so that's why we've done this webinar today. So we can discuss what I feel that we feel here are the primary pitfalls of buying an overseas property and how you can overcome them. And it's not working. So let's see if I can get it to work now. I think, yes. So before we begin, who are we? Well, we've been involved in the sales and construction of over 3,000 properties worldwide in over 10 different countries. And we don't only just sell the properties, we believe in lifetime aftercare. So the company you're dealing with when you buy your property is the same company you're dealing with when you rent it. And it's the same company who will deal with the maintenance and looking after your dream home for you. And eventually when you come to want to sell, it'll be the same company you're dealing with who will sell your property for you. Now we've been doing this for a long time. And as I say, we built over 3000 properties. So we've seen just about all of the problems and all of the benefits of owning an overseas property. Uh, so I think that gives us a real breadth of experience to be giving this discussion this evening. And if you look here, you can see some of the developments we've been involved in in the past. From stunning ski resorts to a 306 berth marina on the Black Sea coast. A stunning hotel in Malaysia built out over the water on stilts. Uh, so we've built a wide range of pro projects over the years. So. As I said, it is important to understand that owning an overseas holiday home can be incredibly enjoyable and profitable. But as with anything, things can go wrong. And by the first half of this presentation, it's going to be talking about the things you want to avoid when buying an overseas property. So we're going to talk about buyer arrogance. Um, that's a bad thing to put there as you're talking to customers who could be buyers, but it's important to address it. Developer arrogance far more common. Um, paying for the privilege of owning an overseas property, secure debt on your property, planning, and finally hidden skeletons. So let's start with buyer arrogance. Now, in the whole of the presentation, as far as I'm concerned, this is by far the most important slide. If you take nothing else away today, this is the slide, please remember. Because if you're looking at buying a property and there's any element of investment in it, you do not matter. That is a hard thing to say. But you do not matter because no one in the world has ever made a penny by buying an overseas property. Anyone who thinks they've made money is mistaken. Because you can only ever make money, and there's a nice little bag of cash for you, if you could sell it or rent it. It sounds incredibly obvious, 
But I'm sure we all know people who at a dinner party would sit down with you and say, oh, we, we own this property here and we have this amount of money. Maybe they do. Maybe they generally believe they do. But if they can't sell it or rent it to anyone, then they don't. A case example was a family we worked for in Bulgaria. They wanted us to build them a house on the site, basically on the side of a mountain. And for whatever reason, they wanted all of the walls painted red. Uh, that was their dream home and that's how they want it. And so that's what we supplied them. The problem was after a while they came to us and asked us if we would rent it for them. And we had to say, it's gonna be incredibly difficult because although you love that location and you don't want to be around any facilities and you don't want to be around any bars or restaurants or shops, and you wanted all your walls red, that's great for you. But the people are gonna rent it are most probably unlikely to want the same thing. So it's very difficult to rent it or sell it for them. And undeniably it was their dream home, but if they'd actually just made a few changes to make it more appealing to the mass market, they would have found it far easier to rent it or sell it. And to me, that's, as I said earlier, the most important consideration. If you wanna make money from a property, make sure you build a property people are going to want to stay in and make sure you build a property people are going to want to buy off you that's how you maximize your opportunity for making an investment so next developer arrogance far more common as i'm a developer uh i hope you like the background picture as well i uh, couldn't resist that one so the first picture i'm going to show you is a picture of a load of baseball men that's because it's from a movie called Field of Dreams. And Field of Dreams, the motto of the movie was, if you build it, they will come. There's numerous examples around the world of a developer believing they know what's best and building a resort that they want to build in a location which they want to build it in without taking good advice. A brilliant example was a development I was involved in years ago, which we turned down. And you'll understand why we turned it down. Um, it was in South America. It was going to be an absolutely stunning resort. But the resort was going to be built on an island. And that island didn't have an airport. Indeed, the nearest port to get to the island didn't have an airport anywhere near it either. So you had to take two flights to end at an airport to then take a long bus ride to get to the port to then take a boat to get to the resort. Now, the resort did look incredible. But the reason we had to turn down the opportunity was because at the end of the day, it was almost going to be impossible for people to get there. So people weren't going to want to live there and they weren't going to want to buy holiday homes. So we had to say to the developer, I'm really sorry, we don't think this development could work. Now, the developer wasn't very happy with us and I believe they went ahead and unfortunately, I don't think it actually got anywhere in the end. But just because a developer thinks something will be great doesn't mean it will be. And all the glossy advertising and big brochures in the world can't make up for a resort which just doesn't work. The next, ego over returns. This is not a real picture. Mr. Trump did not build that great big uh, golden uh, hotel in the middle of Greenland. But what it's meant to signify is the fact that often um, a developer will believe that they want to build something as a statement which may be exceptionally expensive and maybe full of glass and steel and chrome and look wonderful. But if it's not in the right location, then you're not going to be able to achieve the rental returns, which is needed to pay for the property. 
And there's numerous examples of where you can see big flashing developments um, which don't actually achieve the returns they should. A brilliant case example, for example, is uh, ski resorts. Um, if you were to buy in a ski resort, you can spend a lot of money on a beautiful ski property, which is great if that's your dream. But if you want to make a return out of it, the ski season is generally only three months, possibly four months. So you're only going to get a rental return for three months of the year, which means if you want to make a profit from people renting your property and you buy an expensive property, it's going to be very difficult to achieve. That's not saying developer arrogance is Liverpool Football Club. I got told off for that one uh, at lunchtime. But there was a very famous developer a few years back who was developing all over the Caribbean and was creating incredible marketing. Indeed, he sponsored Liverpool Football Club at a cost of half a million pounds a year. And he did a big launch development for a development in St. Lucia. Um, and at that uh, presentation, he hired the cast of Les Miserables. Now, I was speaking to some of our agents, and they were saying, what a great developer he is. He puts on all of this big show for us, and his name's all over the billboards at Liverpool Football Club. But not surprisingly, he never actually built the resorts. And the reason they didn't build the resort was he spent all of his money on flashy, expensive marketing. So if you're going to look at development, make sure that the development actually stacks, that the money you're spending goes to building the properties, and that he... The developer buys bricks with your money instead of marketing. And finally, impossible returns. This is a, a two perfect examples of this. One was called Eco House in Brazil, and another one was called North Dakota. Now, with both of those developments, um, they were marketed quite strongly throughout Europe and offering huge returns, absolutely huge returns, way over 20% per annum. Um, and anyone who was looking at those developments should have thought, this is way too good to be true. Show us the proof you can achieve a 20% return per annum. And if customers had have asked that, they would have seen it was impossible. Now, with any development who was offering maybe rental guarantees or rental projections, you should speak to the agent or speak to the developer and say, how? How are you going to achieve these? Show me the proof. And if the developer cannot show you the proof of how they're uh, advertising these returns, then you should not go ahead. Paying for the privilege. Um, lots of people buy a holiday home when they're on holiday, not surprisingly, and they were sitting with a glass of wine on the terrace and the sun setting maybe over the water or over the woodland and it's absolutely stunning and they think, I want to buy a holiday home here. And that can be an incredibly exciting journey in your life and I thoroughly recommend Everyone who wants to have a holiday home buys one, so long as they do the correct due diligence first. But some people will buy a property which is maybe more expensive they can afford, so they take out a mortgage or a loan to buy that property. And then they're not there anymore, they've gone back to wherever they live around the world, so that property is sitting there and they have to then maintain it, so they have to pay someone a cost to maintain their property for them. Obviously, because they're not there, just as with your own home, you need to insure your property. So there's another cost there. And they could have local taxes to pay. And on top of all of that, if they do decide to rent out their property to try and generate an income to pay for all of these costs here, then there'll be agency fees for those rentals. And quite often, an agency fee can be between 15 to 20% of what they bring in. 
So that holiday home, which was a dream, it should be a dream, can become a burden around the people's necks because they're not bringing enough money and what art money they are bringing in has to pay the agency fees first. They have mortgages and loans and maintenance insurance and local taxes. So this can all be a great negative. So you end up paying for the privilege of owning your holiday home. Don't worry, there's a lot of positives coming in a minute, um, but it's really important when you're looking at holiday home, you ensure that you can afford to pay all of the costs associated with that ownership. Really do your research and look into it first before you proceed. Secure debt. This is just like a house. Many, many people, when they're buying their home, will put down a deposit. And once they put down a deposit, they get a mortgage to pay for the rest of their property. And once you've got a mortgage, you've got to pay interest payments to the bank every month. And if you don't pay your interest payments, unfortunately, then what can happen is that the bank can repossess your home. But some developers do exactly the same. They pay a deposit to buy the land. And the rest of the money to buy the land that they borrow from a bank, they then have to pay interest to that bank. Now, to pay that interest on a development, they need to generate profit. And you generate profit generally by making sales. So developers put down a deposit, they borrowed the rest of the money to buy the land, and then they need to pay interest rate payments to the bank, and they also need to build the properties, which is great if it works. But if it doesn't work, then exactly the same will happen to the developer as would happen to you if you don't keep up with those interest payments. Repossession. Now, if a development is repossessed, there's numerous problems which can occur. It may be the property is not in your name yet and you've only paid a deposit, which means the bank can take everything. It may be that you're, you're safe and you own your property, but the resort goes into receivership because the bank's repossessed it and there's none of the facilities around the property which you needed to make it profitable. Now, as I say, we're going to talk about some positivity after this as well, but it's really important when you're looking at buying a property, you speak to the developer and you ask a very plain question. Do you have a mortgage or a debt on this property where you're having to pay interest payments to a bank? Every developer should have to answer that question to you, just as they should answer the, all the other questions to you, which we're going to talk about today. Planning. Very simple. There are generally three types of planning anywhere in the world. The first is plan zoning. In other words, where a government will say this area here is suitable for this sort of development. The second is generally called outline planning permission, which is where you say, excellent, I bought this house and you say, sorry, this land, and they say that you can use it for a hotel. I would like to build a 300 bed hotel, which is 10 stories high. Once you've got that approval, then you will need to achieve detailed planning permission. And with detailed planning permission, that's where they totally design the whole resort. And it's only once you have detailed planning permission that you can actually go ahead and build your property or build your resort. Um, but planning can be refused. Now, I'm not saying you should never buy a development prior to planning be achieved. But what you really, really should know is that if the development hasn't had all the planning stages approved that you are aware of this and you make a decision based on the risk to reward basis, i.e. if you buy in a development which has full planning and has no bank debt and is moving forward, is in a great location, great. If you're willing to buy something which maybe doesn't have all of the planning 
uh, in at the moment, you should expect a far higher return. Personally, I would never buy anywhere without planning approval, full planning approval, because planning can be refused. And if it's refused, what's going to happen? Where is your deposit? And finally, try before you buy. You wouldn't buy a car without test driving it. Oh, most of us wouldn't buy a car without test driving. I know I never have. So I find it absolutely amazing that some people will buy a holiday home, which is one of the most expensive things they will ever buy in their life without checking it out. Um, there's two perfect examples of this. The first was a Daily Mail double page spread years ago about Bulgaria. There was a company called Bulgarian Dreams who fortunately disappeared a long time ago. And they were telling customers not to go to Bulgaria to have a look at the apartments they were building because it was so far away and it was a long drive and long flights, but that they were guaranteeing those customers that the properties they were buying were up to roof level. But what the Daily Mail did was they went to site, they opened up a newspaper, and while they're standing there, they showed that there was an absolutely nothing built on the land behind them. Bulgarian dreams had totally lied to the clients. Um, and it only came to light when the Daily Mail went and showed those customers. Another one, which is um, incredibly uh, famous in our industry, is nuclear power plants. There was an agent who was selling a property and the customers couldn't attend to go look at it. So he said, don't worry, what I'll do is I'll take a photo of the land for you. And sure enough, the agent went to the site and took a photo showing a wonderful plot of land and the customers were very happy. But it was only when they went to the site, once construction had started later on, that they saw this a nuclear power plant directly behind where we'd taken the photo. So if you're going to buy a property and if everything, if it's got planning, if it's not got any bank debt, if it's built in the right location, you think it's going to work, you really think people are going to want to stay there and rent it off you, please, please, please check that you look, either go see the site first or you look at a video or a drone video, whatever you can to make sure you're comfortable that what the agent or the developer is saying is true but don't panic um i love i actually put that one in not the marketing department this is the secret to success when you're buying an overseas holiday home because if i want to i want to go back to the beginning and say owning an overseas holiday home can be incredibly enjoyable and it can be profitable but you need to make sure you do everything correctly and so this is what i consider to be the secret to success when you buy your property, think of someone else. Think of the person who's going to rent it. Think of the person who's going to buy it off you. And if you look at the property, the, the holiday home or the development, and you think people would love to go on holiday here, then that's how you're going to get your rental return. And that's how people are going to buy it off you. Also, do you developer research? Make sure your developer has checked into the success of this resort. So if you speak, when you're speaking to the sales agent, you're speaking to the developer and he says, we're building this wonderful resort here. Say, why? Why are you building that resort there? What is the reason you chose that site? What is the reason you chose to build that sort of resort? Because if they can't answer that question, don't buy. Next, build and sell. I think that you should only ever buy from a developer who has not borrowed money to buy the land for reasons we were talking earlier. 
Um, I'm not saying you can't, but make sure the developer tells you of any risks, and then you can weigh up the risks against the possible rewards. It's exceptionally important, though, that you have transparency from the developer about whether they have a charge over their land in relation to them buying it. Obtain full planning, then sell. Good developers will not just get the zoning, they will not just get the outline planning permission, they will get full detailed planning permission ready to build before they can sell. That's not saying you can't buy before those planning is in, but once again, if you do, make sure your risk to reward ratio is appropriate for where they are in the current planning process. And finally, try before you buy. Make sure you either go to site to look at it, or make sure you see enough drone videos and enough information so you're comfortable that there isn't a nuclear power station right next door. So, I've talked about a, the positive and pitfalls. I've talked about how you can get around them. Now let me talk about a development which I feel ticks every single box. Now, there's no point like, this is our development. This is the resort we're building. So arrogance, customer and developer arrogance. Well, with our resort, what we're doing is we're copying the business model of the most successful hotel chain in the whole of Europe, which is Centre Parks. Now, I love Centre Parks, and it really does a wonderful job of bringing in customers and letting them connect with their families. Indeed, Centre Parks works on over a 90% occupancy all year round, and they do that for several reasons. Number one, they make sure that they always build their resorts in beautiful rural locations, surrounded by woodland and greenery and lakes. Number two, they build a huge amount of facilities and they ensure that those facilities can be used both in inside and outside, because in Europe there's often inclement weather. And three, they make sure that all of their marketing is based on guilt. And it sounds a bit strong, but it's true. They base it on guilt. They say, do you as a family feel you spend enough time together? Do you as a family feel you spend enough quality time connecting? Or do you sit in front of the TV too much? Or do you play computer games? Or do you work too hard and don't spend enough time with your kids? I don't think there is a family anywhere in the world, certainly parents anywhere in the world, who can say they spend enough quality time with their children. And that's what centre parks rely on. So we're copying one of the most successful hotel chains in the whole of Europe. But whereas Centre Parks is a three-star experience, what we're doing is we're creating a world-class destination. Those who love the idea of spending quality time with their families in an area of outstanding natural beauty, but expect a far higher level of service than they would get in your normal Centre Parks. So when we're talking about buyer arrogance and we're talking about developer arrogance, what we've done is we have taken a successful business model and we've adapted it for a particular market, which we know will be successful because we've had numerous feasibility reports. And then the crowning glory is we've partnered with the largest hotel chain in the world, Wyndham Hotel Resorts. And with Wyndham, we're working in partnership to create this absolutely stunning resort, which will achieve everything that Centre Parks achieves at a higher level of service. And this is a, an example of this success. Now, I can't show you the whole resort in this picture because it's too big, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. Don't pay for the privilege. Well, with us, it's very simple. 
if you give us back more weeks to rent out than you use, then you pay no maintenance. Another way of saying it is if you choose to make a profit from your holiday home when you're not inside it, there's no maintenance. Now, the way we can do this is very, very simple. The company builds a sexy hotel. This is our sexy hotel. It's operating, it's running now, and I really hope you take the opportunity to go and stay there. And around the hotel, you build a huge amount of facilities, exactly the same as Centre Park. So when the people are staying in their holiday home, they get have a far better experience than if they were just staying in a holiday home, halfway up a mountain with red walls, because they've got all these facilities. But when they're not using their holiday home, what they can then do is give the property back to the hotelier to rent out for them. And because they rent it out for them, we can generate a return for them. Because we're generating a return for them, we also say you will have no maintenance costs to pay. So with many developments and with many holiday homes, you have to pay for the privilege. With us, you don't have to pay to make money. Now also, we offer rental returns, guaranteed rental returns. In the first year, we have a guaranteed return of 5%, and we pay that straight away. We do this because some of our properties are off plan, and it can usually take a year to build the property. But you don't have to pay all the money up front, you can pay the property in stages as it gets built. The 5% return, as I say, gets paid immediately. And then afterwards, for the next five years, we give a 6% return per annum. Thereafter, for the next five years, we give an 8% return per annum. Now, those returns can reduce if you choose to use your property for a period of time. Um, and I really recommend you speak to the person who introduced you today. Uh, they could go through and explain everything about how that works. But you're always receiving a positive return. And then... If after five years you've owned your property and you decide you wish to sell, then I genuinely believe you should sell on the open market because that's how you're going to make the greatest return. But if for whatever reason you decide you wish for us to market the property for you, then we'd be delighted. But what we also say is if after six months we haven't managed to get you 125% of the value of your property, we will increase your rental return by 1% per annum. And indeed, after 10 years, if we can't get you 150% of the price you originally paid, it will increase your rental return by 1% per annum again. Now think about this. Imagine you have a home where you, wherever you live in the world and you go to a, an estate agent on your high street and you say, I'd like you to rent this property for me. And the estate agent says, of course I will. And you say, but, and I would like you to sell it for me. And they say, of course I will. And if I can't sell that property for you within six months for 125% of what you paid, I'll pay you a higher rental return myself. You won't find an estate agent willing to do that, but we will, because that's how confident we are with all the feasibility studies that we have conducted and with our partnerships with the largest hotel chain in the world, which gives us the confidence to state this. Secure debt. We have over 1 million square meters of land. We have over 30 facilities with full planning. We have an operating upscale hotel there, which is absolutely stunning, by the way. And we have over 300 apartments with full planning. And what's important is we have no secured debt on the land. We can give you a, a, a document from an hotel to state we have full planning, how much land we own, and that we have no secured charges across the land. 
uh, and that's incredibly important. We're proud of that. Then we come to planning. So with our development, we have all the land zoning to say that we can build a resort. We achieved outline planning permission. That took a while, to be honest. And then we obtained detailed planning permission, which took over five years to obtain the planning for the whole resort. Indeed, we had to go to a public inquiry. We went through this whole process and it's all been achieved. We are planning for the 18 hole golf course, which is under construction now and looks amazing. We are planning to convert the 16th century turreted chateau into one of the most glorious spas in the whole of Europe. We have planning for the 300 apartments. We are planning for all the facilities, the huge indoor children's facility. Um, and it all has planning. We have full plan. Try before you buy. As I mentioned earlier, you wouldn't buy a car without test driving it. And I feel it's incredibly important with an overseas holiday home to make sure you test it in some way. Because of COVID-19, unfortunately, as you was probably aware, all hotels in Europe had to close for a period of time. But I am delighted to announce from the 15th of June, we reopen our hotel and we'd love to greet you there. Um, but not only have we reopened the hotel, all construction on site has begun again. Um, our main construction company is Effarge, which is the second largest construction company in the whole of France. And they're on site now. And EGS is our golf and infrastructure company. And they're back on site next week as the world returns back to normal and the lockdowns are released. But we have a solution. If for whatever reason you cannot travel to sites at the moment, we fully understand in the current world circumstances that may be the case. And that it's that link. Now it's not just the link. That link will take you to a video and it's a drone video of the site. I must apologize for the first 30 seconds because you'll see a very boring man, me, talking about the resort. And then it goes into a drone video which flies over the whole site. It has some CGI in it. Because when we first started to develop the, the resort, we created a CGI video. And so what we do is we show you some of the CGI and then we show you what we built to show that we built exactly what we said we would. And it shows the completed properties. It shows the buildings which are 70% completed. It shows the stunning chateau, it shows the golf course. And it really is an incredibly powerful way of seeing how far the development has come. So to summarize, we talked about some of the problems at the beginning. Buyer arrogance, buying something for you instead of the person who's going to want to rent it or buy it off you. Paying for the privilege. Make sure when you buy a property, you understand that there will be costs and work with a developer who can achieve the returns so you don't have to worry about those costs. Developer arrogance, me. Um, but make sure when you buy into a development, and you buy that stunning dream holiday home that the developer has done his research to make sure that it will be successful. Secured debt, make sure that when you speak to the developer, you find out all the secured debt that there is on the land. Um, any developer who won't release this to you means there's a problem. If it's a good, ethical, honest developer, and there's thousands of them out there in the world, there's thousands of good, ethical developers doing things right. And if they can answer all of these questions, then they are. Planning, make sure they have full planning, not just zoning, not just outline planning permission, but full planning to build the whole resort. And hidden skeletons, make sure that uh, you know how far the development is. Make sure that you can go and feel it. 
any developer or any agent who says, oh, I don't think you need to go to site to look at this, there's a reason. We actively encourage everyone to visit the site because it's amazing and you will fall in love with it. I think the most important thing before I finish, and you'll be glad to hear I'm just about to, is to reiterate, the first half of this presentation was negative, but deliberately negative. Because when you buy an overseas holiday home, it should be an incredibly enjoyable experience. But there are pitfalls. But the good news is you don't have to fall into them. If you just go through these six steps here and make sure whoever you're speaking to can answer them all to your satisfaction, then you have the greatest chance of buying that dream holiday home, which you, your family and your friends are going to love and you're going to make money from. Because that's what life is about, is loving and enjoying what you're doing. So thank you very much for attending the webinar today. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, the next webinar, which will be in two weeks time, is by my wonderful sales manager, Adrian. And he's going to talk about buy it, use it, rent it and sell it. So what I'm going to do now is look over at the questions box to see if anyone's written any questions while I've been talking. And I'm glad to say they have. Um, Eugene, what are the properties you developed in Malaysia? Um, they were in a place called Port Dixon, and they were holiday homes built on stilts. We're in a joint venture there with a wonderful company. Um, and um, we can, I can send you, if you give, speak to the person who introduced you, I'll send you a link to it, Eugene, or they can send you a link to it and show you what the properties were. It was great fun working in Malaysia. I, must admit, I loved the uh, environment and the food and the culture. It was a great place to work. I wouldn't go back there now because I'm very centric on Europe. Um, with everything that's happened with coronavirus, I'm very, very strong in the fact that I believe domestic tourism is the way forward for the next few years. When I say domestic, I mean the EU as one entity. So we're going to stick and focus all of our efforts on the EU because I think that's where tourism will be and that's where you're going to have the opportunity to create the most generous returns. Thank you very much for that question, Eugene. Matthew, uh, thank you very, very much for the question, Matthew. Who will manage it after you've built it? Well, as I said at the beginning, we will. It won't just be us. As I mentioned, we are in partnership with Wyndham, who are the largest hotel chain in the world. But once we've built the resort, we also offer to manage your properties for you. And then we will be managing our hotel, the facilities, and the whole of the resort. Now, we don't just do that ourselves. Obviously, you've got lots of brand standards. You've got lots of things you've got to manage and operate. And that's why we work with Wyndham, because they are absolute experts. Um, and they train our managers, and we have to adhere to their standards, and they ensure the quality of our furnishing, our fixtures, and the way we treat our customers. So it will be us who manages it. And that's incredibly important. You remember what I said about lifetime aftercare? We don't just sell. Many agents just sell a property and run away. That's not our style. We will sell to you, and then we will hold your hand through the ownership process, whether it's you staying in your, hotel, your property and enjoying it, or whether it's you renting your property. Indeed, we still take questions and calls from people we sold to 15 years ago, and that will always be the ethos of the company. Thank you. Uh, I have another question here from Richard. Following your advice, please share how you are House of Developments and Wyndham Hotels making money on your commitments to pay to potential buyers. Not quite sure I understand that one, Richard. But in essence, if you can't work out how a developer is making money, then you shouldn't buy. 
Now, the projections and the returns we're looking at, we're going to be achieved, are higher than the rental guarantees we're offering. That's because we're going to make a profit as well. There's no point saying we're not going to make a profit. But the profits you're going to make from the guaranteed returns are far higher than you're going to get in a bank at this moment in time or any normal, traditional form of investment. Um, if you were to go to a bank, I don't know what Lloyd's or Barclays are offering today, but I presume it's about 1%, which is most probably lower than the rate of inflation. So by having your money in a bank today, you can actually lose money. However, with the guaranteed returns we're offering, they're always higher than inflation. And whereas with the money in the bank, it doesn't actually do anything for you. With us, you can own a holiday home that you get to use, enjoy, have a great time, and still beat the returns you'll get in the banks. But yes, we're going to rent it out, and we're going to make more money than the money we're paying you. It's really important you understand that, because owning a holiday home in a development is a symbiotic relationship. Uh, we've got to work together for the common good, and it's important that both parts make money. Thank you. Uh, okay, that's another question from Richard here. Um, and if I get the question right, Richard, what you're asking is, are our properties more expensive than the properties you pay in the normal area? Yes, they are. Um, if you wanted to go to France and purchase a property, a barn or a property in a, in a little village, you will pay less than you're paying with us. However, I'm really sorry, I'm not sure who did that, but... Uh, I'll keep going, then you would pay less. When you're buying in a resort, certainly in a very upscale resort like we are, you're paying for <coughs> all of the facilities and the quality of the property. So yes, our properties are more expensive, but then if you were buying, for example, in Cannes or Nice, you would expect to pay more being in Cannes or Nice or in a marina than you would if you're on the outskirts of the town. So buying in a marina development property, you'll pay more than you would if you're in a suburb. It's exactly the same with us. Okay, it looks like that's all the questions. I'll give it another few seconds. Uh, yeah, that's it. Okay, so thank you very much for attending today. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed giving the webinar. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to speak to the people who introduced you this evening. Um, they'll be delighted to answer everything. And I suppose the final summary is, if you're looking at buying a holiday home, it should be immeasurably pleasurable and profitable. But make sure you do your checks first and make sure you ask the developer or the sales agent those six incredibly important questions. Because if you get that right, then you should have an incredibly enjoyable and profitable holiday home for as long as you want it. Thank you very much.